Good morning or good afternoon. This is Aisha, and this is Black Girl from Eugene. So I've been wrestling with this podcast, and I've been telling everybody about it, and like, oh, I'm doing a podcast, Black Girl in Eugene, Black Girl from Eugene. Um, and everyone's really excited, and I've lined up people to interview, and I've, uh, we're not really interviewed, but to have these conversations with. Um, and I just, you know, need to pick up my phone and do this podcast, and it's important. And it's a perspective that isn't being heard or being talked about, yet it's being talked about and being heard by each other. Um, I was talking to someone earlier this week, and I realized, you know, um, there's plenty of black girls in Eugene. What makes me, there's not plenty. Let me, I will regress. I digress. <laughs> there's not plenty. But there are other black girls uh, in Eugene. But my perspective being what it is, the fact that I was born here in Eugene to two black parents um, and from St. Louis, my parents are from St. Louis, and they came to Eugene being one of the first few black families to settle in Eugene and um, in the 70s. The perspective that I have is is that, and it's it's we remained our our nucleus family very tight, very Afrocentric, very black, um, and I'm air quoting black, um, allowing that I always had a very center and focused point, and then I had my my peers, and then I had my teachers, and then I had the culture in which we were having to survive in. Um, and that's where this is coming from, because this dichotomy of living with awareness while your actual day-to-day completely contradicts your your life and everyone you love and your inner culture. Um, and then not and then doing that, I mean black folks do this in the United States all the time, but the uniqueness of this story is that in Eugene, there is no community that wants to be black. And I know for people who are not from Eugene, they're like, well, how could you be black and not want to be black? Or what does that even mean? Like you, you act like you're black, but you're not black. And, um, and everyone tells me, you know, the movie Get Out is about Eugene. <laughs> the black folks here just aren't quite right. There's a fear, there's a fear. There's a fear of, of looking too black, sounding too black behaving too black. Um, and a lot of my stories that I have with my, my friends and, and the people that I talk to around here is, is our frustrations around being too black. Um, and all of us, in order for us to get along, in order for us to succeed in our work, in order for us to, to not scare our peers out of you know communication, is we learn to straddle this this need this necessity to care for this fragility of this white community and it's exhausting it's really more than exhausting it actually eats at you a little bit every day um and so we're thirsty for each other when we see another black person who might understand but the truth of it is and the idea that happens here in eugene is that you know, honestly, three out of four times, I'll make it a little more realistic, one out of three times that you see a black person who uh, is from the Pacific Northwest, I'm even gonna make it broader, the Pacific Northwest, 
um, you're not going to get a nod back of acknowledgement. You know, I see a brother and, you know, he may be with a, a white woman. I don't care. I've dated white men. I mean, like I said, I'm from Eugene. I definitely have. Um, there's not much other choices. I, I say hello and he, he want to act like I, I don't like he doesn't see me. He doesn't he doesn't want to acknowledge me in any way like he got caught. And I'm like, damn, I'm just saying hello. Nine times out of ten, he's a Pacific Northwest brother. And it's unfortunate that I have to blanket it that way. But I've not had any other experiences like that are different than that. The black men who say hello back, I know immediately they're not from here. Um, the black women who who see my, my my afro and say, hey, I love your hair, <clears throat> most likely not from here. It's unfortunate. Um, so anyway, I was talking to my nephew the other day. I'm getting ready to move. That's right. This black girl from Eugene is moving again. Um, I've been back to Eugene for 13 years now, and um, I've done what I can, and I got to go. It's just too heavy. It's too, I'm too tired, and I know too much to continue staying here um, in, this, in this level of grief that, that, uh, that you tend to exist in when you're here. And we'll unravel that in, on more, more episodes of um, the sort of latent depression that, that women, black women who I'll speak to, you know, um, will, will examine over and over again and explore. Um, but my, but I'm moving to Houston, Texas. And in Houston, Texas, you know, obviously the population of black folks is much greater. And I've lived there before. I graduated high school there. Um, although I was raised here in Eugene until I was 15. And we'll get into my story on another episode. Um, however, so my nephew, gorgeous, and I am biased, but the man is good looking, 18, uh, well, he'll be 18 soon. And he is six foot three, I believe, muscle bound, 300 pound football player. Sweet and gentle and brilliant. And, you know, the other day we were driving around and he said, Auntie, you know, I don't even know what would it feel like to live around other brown people. Boy, I almost broke my heart. I said, Jahi, that's his name. I said, look, there's a weight that you are carrying around with you. There's a behavior that isn't your own. There is a a heaviness that you don't even recognize anymore, that when you are around your own community, it just drops. And all of a sudden you feel free and you feel like you can, like there's a, there's a world around you that you never knew existed, that there's actually nothing wrong with you. There's actually nothing that you need to do differently to just exist. And although you don't get that because in our everyday here in Eugene, we're used to being, to existing in a, in a way that, that makes us smaller. We're used to existing in a way that doesn't allow us 
to be our full selves. Our full selves is too much for the people of Eugene, for these white folks of the Pacific Northwest. There's too much. You're too loud. You're too tall. You're so heavy. You're so, your, your hips are so big. Your eyes are so big. You're, you know, we, you, you know, how do you dance like that? Teach me this. Show me that. Give me your everything. And it becomes, it, it, it just becomes something that you carry and then you get used to, you get used to it. So once you're able to, to talk as loud as you want to, as laugh, laugh as joyous as you need to, wear the clothes you want to, tight, not tight, you know, let your hips show, don't. Hair flow, braid it up. And that kind of stuff is not questions, but it's celebrated. There is a heaviness that lifts from your shoulders. I can't wait. My 15-year-old daughter is coming with me, obviously. Um, I unfortunately am leaving my two oldest kids here and my grandson, who I hope that they will follow me soon, um, the next year or so. But my daughter, who is 15, beautiful, um, athletic, intelligent, super smart, just as sassy as she wants to be. Um, I have battled the Eugene School District, battled them on leaving my daughter alone with the idea that she needs to be more of this or more of that, less of this and less of that. You know, none, every time I've gone to the school district for, this, for my daughter, it has been about behavioral expectations in terms of the way she speaks and the volume that she speaks the energy that she has, the, the, you know, and I'm air quoting discipline around playfulness with other kids. And when I go, you know, I'm always one to, to support my teachers and support the folks who are, who are here to, to, to educate the, the masses. So I go and I, and I observe and I just see my daughter being black. She's energetic. She's enthusiastic. She's she's getting all of the grades. I mean, she just the girl gets straight A's ever always has. But you know, this is my fault. Putting placing her in a uh, immersion French program, which here just means the snootiest of the snoot snoot. And um, and she, and we we battled the whole time she was in that program. Luckily, my daughter has a heart that's solid, and she is confident in who she is. She knows she's loved. She knows she's brilliant. As she's gotten older, now that she's 15, I see that the impression of people are starting to seep in a little bit. It's starting to seep in. So I think going now to Houston is imperative for her. She's going to be uplifted just because in just the mere, just in the mere moment that she doesn't have to explain herself and her existence, she's going to look around and see it tenfold in celebration. It's one of the things that brings me the utmost joy when I think about taking that trip to the South and dealing with what we're going to be dealing with there. You know, I've always said I'm black girl in Eugene. 
but I'm definitely a black girl from Eugene. And I have stories upon stories upon stories that I am willing and waiting to share with all of you about my life stories of the of the of what I've had to do to become who I am at this point. And it's something that I have always wanted to share. It's something I've always wanted to discuss. And I love to hear other people's perspectives. You know, um, once I figure this all out about this podcast here, this here podcast, um, I'm going to try to invite my, my, uh, some of the, some prolific conversations in some friends who've had some, some very touching stories and some very heartbreak story, heartfelt stories that have happened to them while living, uh, black in the Pacific Northwest. Um, and, and I look forward to sharing that with you. I hope you guys are liking my podcast. I am going to publish this and I'm excited about it because I have not published any of them. And I see that some people are listening and I'm going, who are these people who are so curious to hear? I'm so excited. Um, it's vulnerable for me. It's vulnerable for me. This is, this is a dream of mine to, to share my stories and to share my thoughts um, because I've heard that I should. And I'm, I am answering that call and I think it feels good. I know it feels good. I think it's the right thing to do right now. Uh, we all need to show, share each other's stories, get a little closer to each other, build some morality back up in this here country. Um, I wish you guys a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful rest of the week. And I think come January, I'm going to start having this podcast um, sent out every week, at least once a week, so I can have some regu um, regular schedule to it. Thank you all for being patient with me and coming on this journey with me. I think we're going to have some fun. All right. Have a good rest of your day.